Hi, Rashad. How are you? It's nice to see you again. It's so good to see you again. Look at you. What? All right. We got it. We got it. What's the fit? Well, this is thrifted. I have no idea where this is from. I think it's like, I don't even know if it's like actually vintage or if it's like just something somebody picked up from like a modern shop and like dropped it somewhere. But I, it must have been like 15 bucks maximum. But it looks good. It works out, right? It looks amazing. To all our listeners out there, Jamie is wearing a thrifted. It just looks like it's from, I don't know, maybe India, maybe somewhere like in the Middle East. It's got like red, green. She's It's just like draped in gold. It's like very festive. Oh my God. Thank you. I feel like it's uh, my fake like Gucci shirt. Gucci. <laughs> I mean, right? Literally, I feel like it's really giving Gucci vibes without um actually being Gucci, but it's okay. It works. Yeah. It is from Paris. I feel like right. thrift anything in Paris, you automatically just look like well put together because the best selection of things are always here. So that works out. That is very true. That is very true. Even though when I was in Paris, I didn't really buy, I actually didn't buy any uh vintage gear even though i went to a bunch of vintage shops my favorite was um friend friend of the show andrew js he sent me to gaijin gaijin where's this in paris it's right across the street from boot cafe like Mm -hmm. i meant uh when we were meeting up i'm so bad with the neighborhoods in paris it's so tough no because it's like the complete opposite of New York City, where it's like you can't just stumble into another borough. Like you very much are intentionally traveling across the city. Or like if you're from Brooklyn and for whatever reason you have to go to Queens, like you have to go into Manhattan to right. go into Queens or the opposite. But then in Paris, it's like you're just randomly strolling and suddenly you're in the 18th and then you're in the ninth. And then if you're walking down, you're in the second. And it's a it's interesting because the neighborhoods like it's not like it makes sense. It's not like it's like one, two, three, four, five, like next to each other. It's a snail. That's like the official way Paris is cargo. Yeah, there we go. And it literally (laughs) like loops around. So the 16th is next to the eighth. And that wouldn't make sense, I think to like, I don't know, anybody else in the world, but it makes friend like sense to the French. So whatever it really does it really does because when i stumbled into this neighborhood and i found the spot i immediately was in there and i tried on some things but the one thing that caught my my eye that i tried on was this 1980s yoji uh, button down and it was like i think it was silk and i really wanted it but it was so old you know um i i looked great in it uh i couldn't take any pictures because they you weren't allowed to take pictures in there but i did which this is very rare i did bring my friend back like the next day oh and i wanted to and i showed it to her but i didn't buy it like it was still on my mind you know like a second time which is wild i usually sometimes it's like the piece will be beautiful but like you know, if you're just not feeling it entirely right, it can be hard to make those big fashion, like, you know, trigger pulls. Like, I think, 
you know, the prices are, even if it's vintage, obviously, like you're looking at a pretty penny. And yeah, sometimes it's really worth it. Like, and there's a lot of shops I can think of here. Like, for example, L'Obscura comes to mind. I'm going to assume that that's pretty similar to the one that we're talking about right now, where it's like they have this beautiful curation of like Vivian Westwood pieces and a lot of like vintage Margiela, but you're still looking like at a 300 euro price tag, right? Which is like, okay, that's pretty good for like a luxury brand, but if you're not sold on it, like why, why buy it? Right. So even though you liked it, it spoke to your heart, maybe it didn't speak to you 100% and that's okay. Cause there's more, uh, you know, Kom and Yoji out there that will come to you. There really is. That beautiful Margiela jacket you had on when we were hanging out. So you know how to pick them. (laughs) What was amazing was that when I pulled up and we were talking and we met at the restaurant, you you said like, are you in fashion? I get this a lot often. And also because it's still like the the weather is quite decent to wear like this new piece, that this new Margiela piece I, I bought that you asking me if I'm in fashion, it, it just warms my heart because oh. I'm not. <laughs> well, you should say that you are. Why not? You got some really good fits going like it works out right (laughs) i think anybody can be in like what is it to be in fashion you know what i mean like sure you can be in fashion in the traditional sense that you're like actually contributing at a maison but like if you're somebody that's really passionate in the you know in these pieces and these brands and stories and whatnot like i mean you're in fashion because you're part of the community and i would argue that that's even you know, maybe in a way even more valuable than just being on the like logistics side of things or the the in-house side of things. Like, I don't know. I think um, oftentimes when I think about fashion, like in the beginning, it was really this idea of like catering to the ultra wealthy. But nowadays, I mean, sure. Yeah, there is that wealth aspect to it. But most people, I think, just want to like share a passion and that passion can go beyond uh you know being a rich person only right like you can be anybody and still have that deep immense uh i don't know passion for passion or whatever (laughs) i I mean the first day i pulled up in paris with my rolly and like I'm, i'm still just like off the plane i already got got approached and someone wanted to take photos of me and I'm just like, really? It's that New York energy. He picked up that. First of all, I'm sure you were well-dressed, but also it's that New York energy. There's nothing like it. Like if you're a New Yorker and you come to Paris, you very much stick out. Cause I don't know, there's something about the city that just becomes like a part of your identity that wherever you go, you carry it with you. And also like nothing better than going to an event or anywhere and being like, I'm from New York. People really give a lot of love to that you get a lot of uh positive responses to just coming from the city not even being there for passion passion paris fashion week yeah well what do you mean like like just recently just not even pulling up during paris fashion week and it's just like on all the time oh yeah real real but do you like uh new york fashion week like what do you think about new york fashion week no no you don't like it (laughs) (laughs) i i did when my when one of my exes long time ago would bring me to a bunch of new york fashion week shows 
I I enjoyed it back then, but I was a lot younger and, you know, just seeing New York for the first time in that light was cool. But being in New York City and it's it's on all the time and also in the social media age. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a turn off to me, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I I feel like I saw. But I will I will gladly take the in- invites. I will definitely go. Well, that, that's what we got to do. Now we have to do like a promo push to get, uh, you know, get you out here for New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, all the fashion weeks. You got to be doing live podcasts <laughs> right after the show, getting people. I mean, <laughs> why not? Right. Like, I think. Uh, yeah. And there's like a big I mean, but I don't know if that's a direction you want to like ever like dip into. Would you ever want to talk to fashion people like like in a fashion week context you know maybe you would i think i'd be good at it i but i I just don't want to take away from already all of the amazing all the hats you're wearing (laughs) oh yeah and also like there's so many good ones good content creators out there that do that stuff already Hmm. i don't want to like bite their style honestly but i could totally do it they just do it so well yeah no, it's true. But like, I love that they also add other questions too. Besides, like, it's like the fit first, and then they ask, like, "What's your sign?" And then, yeah. like, "What do you? What's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite food?" Oh my god, I love that! It's like giving like full humanity to people who are like involved in these things, right? right? Really, I mean, I guess there is a bit of a silence to fashion right like we're not usually seeking out to hear people's words per se as much as we are just observing the beautiful outfits and you know you're not getting full context unless you're like actively seeking it but I guess that that's um something pretty nice about you know I don't know I was talking about how I don't like TikTok and I don't like when we were uh at the restaurant in Paris, I was talking about how TikTok maybe isn't for me, but I've got to give respect to it for the fact that like, maybe let's say you're somebody that has like a casual interest in fashion, like you'll be scrolling and maybe your algorithm will feed you somebody that's like actually talking about it and or talking to somebody else, you know, maybe post show like, um, you know, somebody that's directly involved in the PR side of things or like the actual models and stuff. And that way it allows you to have a voice available to you um, that can really provide real insight. And yeah, I don't know. I guess there really is so many facets to, to fashion beyond uh, the aesthetics of things. I really like the intersection of fashion and music. I think it's very interesting how that crossover exists. And I think it can be really silent um, unless you, it's like very like, if you know, you know, right. If you know, you know, for sure. But with TikTok, I remember when TikTok started off, I, I all, I honestly thought that like TikTok was just for dances and dancing. Yeah, but totally it was right. <laughs> and it's now like, it's, t- uh, and now it's become, it's like, yeah, for everything. I was, I was just talking about how Instagram started off as for photographers, you know, and photography, and now it's everything else. Oh my God, that's so real. Yeah. And now, I mean, I don't know, like, what do you think is the future for TikTok? You think, do you think TikTok is here to stay or is it going to go the way of the vine? The way of the vine, the way of vine. (laughs) It's, It's interesting because I just started TikToking by making mukbangs 
you know really? that that's why because <laughs> is it it's just so funny it's just fascinating to me because i didn't know a way in to tiktok like i didn't know what to do for tiktok you know okay. like fair enough like, that where many hats has a tiktok but it's just we have no idea what we want to do with it like sure we could have clips mm-hmm. and just add the podcast in there but that's just so much work and i rather just do i wanted to find a leeway into tiktok just like at zero cost and just just chilling right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i i started mukbangs because my friend she was just doing it in front of me like casually like oh, yeah. when when we would go when we go out to dinner she would just like whip out her phone and just do it and then like her friends would call and i'm like i'm still there but her friend would be in the like the phone just like watching us eat and i was just like and i was that was like i was open to that that was like my first time ever doing something like this it was like a like youtube's obviously been out but then like that was like a real life vlog for her friend oh my god yeah and then that's when it was just like okay like i guess i could i mean if the tiktok start like what got TikToking started getting so wild to me was that a lot of my friends, when I'd come back from different places, they would they'd be like, "Oh, that that food you ate was like amazing." Oh, like oh, you saw my inscriptions? Like, no, you were eating on like TikTok, and they would tell me about it. And I was just like, "You're watching that? It's not. It wasn't embarrassing, but it's just like this is like the whole thing about cringe, right? I'm surprised we didn't talk." about like cringe moments because like during that week it was just like being known that cringe is in in. i think it's in i love cringe i'm all about it i'm glad that comic sans is back Mm -hmm. i i mean i feel like i definitely was a hater when i was in design school and i was just like okay well clearly i'm supposed to hate comic sans but like in the back of my head i'm like i don't know it's silly it's fun i think we need to be in the silly fun era I'm done. I'm done with shit being like so serious and so like angry. I I mean, I get it. Like we've been living like the really tumultuous times, but mm-hmm. we we kind of need just lighthearted content and I'm I'm excited to see where that's going to go. I was just watching last night with my girlfriend Legally Blonde and I fucking love it. And I'm so ready for the era of more movies like Legally Blonde and we're getting that with Barbie movie. I'm in for Barbie movie. <laughs> no, are you out for Barbie movie? <laughs> oh, I I mean, I I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I will gladly see it at a party. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We should go Barbie party. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get the We Take Manhattan people. <laughs> Barbie premiere party. That's what it sounds like. Uh, with the Comic Sans movement thing and co- Comic Sans coming back, it's just so funny that you brought that up because I remember before the before lock before everything, I was heavily into stand up comedy and I went to this AIGA party that was called like Comical Sans and they had like stand up comedians with their like yeah and I I like I loved that combination of like designers 
and like <laughs> comedians all in one room. I thought that was so fascinating, but they don't do it anymore. And I wanted to bring my own spin to it. Um, but I'm like, well, it wasn't the designers doing stand up. It was like they were they hired like separate. Yeah, it would be funny to me if like graphic designers were up here like trying to. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that'd be interesting. It would be so interesting. No, they hired like good comedians that back then were like on the rise and now they're like writing for all these like big television series which is cool but it was it was a lot of fun um and i don't know i i think that it's funny that when you brought up comic sense it's like that is like the fun that like everyone knows you know and then and then there's that and then you know somehow i don't know if we we asked for Avatar, but like everyone knows Papyrus. <laughs> I feel it's got to be that SNL skit, right? Like that's how Forever. I the Fuck, man. Fuck Papyrus. No, because that's a problem. At least <laughs> one, no, Comic Sans is funny. Papyrus is like it's giving. I'm trying to be serious and it looks goofy as fuck. And that's not <laughs> it. You know, cringe is is purposely embracing the silly, and we need to embrace the silly. Like versus papyrus, like I don't know. I I'm really like big on um like when I'm designing, like I love this idea how design has attitude, and I I really in particular think about like how does a font sound, you know, um that and like when I'm doing like motion animation, I always try to actually like take in, into consideration like you know, counts like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, to have that sort of uh, natural movement going through um, or rhythmic movement going through. But when it comes to fonts, it's like Comic Sans, it looks goofy. You know, it sounds goofy, but Papyrus looks like it's like Papyrus. Like, shut up, shut up. Nobody asked <laughs> for this. This is not silly. I don't know, put that shit in the trash. There's better fonts out there. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desar. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. WMH and Desar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Jamie Mars is an independent digital and motion designer currently based in Paris and New York City. Me and Jamie crossed paths at a We Take Manhattan party featuring The Dare, but I was too caught up in meeting friend and guest of the show, Jean-Luc, when we released this episode, as well as friend and guest of the show, Allison Camita of Shallow Halo, also one half of We Take Manhattan. I met Jamie when she DM'd the Wear Many Hats IG after she saw me doing muck runs and doing a tour in Paris getting out the word for the show. That's what we love over here at the Wear Many Hat Show. So if you see us coming to your city, hit us up and hang out. 
we got dinner at PNYM, a restaurant in the Pagellan neighborhood that stands for Paris, New York. Very fitting. Great burger, as well as sit at a cafe and chat. It only made sense to have Jamie on the show. We're now we're now on Mars. Please welcome Jamie Mars to wear many hats. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm like, this was really unexpected because I really, I think like, I was just excited to see somebody from New York in Paris. And I always reach out to people when they're in town. I'm like, oh, let's grab something to eat or whatever. I was surprised you replied because I figured you were like, probably really busy, which you were. So thank you for making time for me. Um, but then thank you for like having me on the podcast. It was we had a really good conversation. And it's nice to I don't know, sort of bring it over to digital a little bit, you know, right. set it in. Now set people in. get to hear what we talk about. <laughs> Our fun takes, I feel like we have some pretty interesting takes, don't we? We do. I mean, we talked about everything. We talked about the scene. We talked about New York. Yeah, how New York has changed. Yeah. New York has so much. And you've been in New York for a really long time, so you've really seen like, I mean, I'm a native, but I feel like I feel like when you're a native New Yorker, you see a different side of the city until you leave the city and then you come back and in a weird way, you're like able to join the other side of it because that first leg of your life, you're only like participating in native New Yorker activities, which is, I don't know, you know, it's not, it's not, I don't know, it's not the scene, right? You're not going to naturally end up in a scene unless for the, there are people that do do it and congrats to them. It was not me. It definitely took me leaving to Paris and then ending up back in New York to be introduced to all the fun things that are happening there. Um, but you've seen like, you know, the scenes, the evolution of it and stuff uh, over the last few years. And that was really interesting to talk about with you. I thought it was just funny to have a wear many hats ad in the Drunken Canal. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> a little that's piece fantastic. of dime square history right there um only because the fact that why not right yeah literally well that's how you really cement yourself i think that i don't things like the drunken canal um we're like even nolita dirt bag and i think there's a lot of like small publications ig pages that are existing right now that you know maybe you know, because of the nature of time, we're not seeing how valuable they'll be. But I think that in a few years, we'll be able to use them as this sort of like archival place to understand where we all were mentally at this current point. And I think we're in a very interesting time. I mean, I'm really curious to see how we're all about to evolve because I think that something massive and radical is about to happen. I think everybody has always said that in terms of their generation and time periods, but like particularly because we're living in a post-pandemic, semi-post-pandemic era of um, just things drastically changing and, and at a very rapid pace that, you know, how, how will we, what's next? Do we slow down intensely? How will we reflect on all of these things? I don't know. I think about that often about the podcast being an archival piece of history only because of the fact that I hear that people listen to my podcast in the car. I don't know where this podcast is being listened to, but in the future, I don't know if like people will sample 
this podcast in their songs or like in a university they'll use this podcast somewhere exactly it's or anything can happen anything can happen or even as just like a time capsule of like when I get older and I like want to look back of like my life or I mean not to sound morbid but like death you know it's just like there's so many people on this show you know if you want to like listen to her voice it's just there it is absolutely it's like a a voicemail or a voice note and it's just it's just there but it's I'm glad it's just like not tied up in like one particular scene it's just like exactly you have some like range of of people that you invite on and I particularly love that you know, I feel like you you really give a shot to so many people from so many different backgrounds and levels of, uh, you know, like, you know, different levels of already like having exposure as well. And I think it'll be interesting as well, you know, who will be the people on the podcast that in 10 years time will be like, particularly like notable people, you know, I, I think that that's something I always think about. I always love doing like some internet archiving myself and just like randomly ending up in like rabbit holes of watching really old YouTube videos. I remember I watched one that, um, fuck, like I'm forgetting. It was a boiler room set and um, it was one of the first ones like ever. And I believe, is her name Peggy Goo? I'm not like really... <laughs> scene but we love Peggy Goo on this on this podcast well she's an icon and she was um in one of the first like boiler room sets all the way back then so like think of that how crazy it is that you know this random person in the background or I mean I'm not sure what she was doing there but I mean shit if I even know her name right like I have no business knowing who Peggy Goo is I'm not out here super participating in that um yeah, she's been around for a while, like in a in a sort of silent way and in the in the shadows. And I think that New York right now is producing a lot of those type of people. I don't know who is going to be the people will remember in 15 years, but or maybe even five, I don't know, five to 15. But I'm, I'm super excited to see it. I, I, I don't know. I can't wait. And I'm happy to like I know people always say it's like, oh, I was born in the wrong time. No. Yeah, right. I was born in the wrong time. No. I was born in the right time, buddy. Like, (laughs) I get to do a Zoom call, okay? (laughs) That's a good time to be alive. (laughs) When we first met up, I I did not know who you were. I didn't really do any. Like, usually people do, like, a little background checker or whatever. I, I just pulled up and now looking you up, we love Marco's Key. Like John Key, there's like another partner, right? In Marcus Key. Yeah, I I think his name is Wael Wael, I believe. I saw you made a post about John, right, the other day. Right, right. I we, saw it and I was like, oh my god, I've like done a project with them before. We're just all in the same universe. It's like, yeah. is this is like going back to design and like typefaces, right? But John's <laughs> like an amazing painter. Incredible, incredible, honestly. Um, I remember when I was working because they had me on um, for their they had a five year anniversary reel that they wanted to make and they reached out to me 
And it was really cool to be able to collaborate with them on that. And in particular, it was extra cool because um, one of the projects, I don't think it was featured in the end in the final reel, but they had like some stickers on Instagram. Um, and Remember stickers? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. And it was crazy, like seeing them, you know, I'm mm. just randomly using Instagram. I'm like, holy shit, like I was just working with these people. I mean, they make incredible, impactful work, um, very, very talented. And, you know, yeah, like John is a, a really amazing painter. Um, and I think most of his work, right, has to do with like, uh, just like Black people, Black families. I think that that's really cool. Really respect them. Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to them. I just, I just think that even the, the like you're in Paris, the world just gets even smaller. I know, right? No, really. You know how small the world is? I, before coming on um, for the podcast, I had just had lunch with some friends and I was randomly walking down the street. And I know that I have a friend, a good friend named Talia um, from Lebanon, but she lives between Lebanon and New York. And she's in town and I didn't think I'd get to see her. And I'm just walking down the street and I see her like, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy. We just got to like randomly catch up. And that's just like, I don't know, tiny world moments that we all love. Um, it's crazy The you know, there's the random meetup side of things, but then there's even just the random like connection side of things where, you know, it's surprising because for example, I found out about you guys through like Jean-Luc, was incredible but look at that we even have like a Marcos key connection right he's super just super random right <laughs> super random super random and then me also coming to Paris is like super random look yeah. I I actually took a break from gluten oh, oh like my god this time <laughs> and then coming to Paris all everything is just like even the buildings are made out of gluten like the Literally. it's just I I I wake up every morning. I go get a baguette down the street, and I'm just like walking around. But in Paris, it's like everyone asks me, "What's the most Parisian thing that you've done?" I'm like, I don't know. Eat a baguette walking down the street, and it's real as fuck. Like you will arrive to Paris, and you will be walking down the street, and you'll see like women with their tote bags with their baguettes sticking out because it's it. First of all, it's a euro. Like, oh my god, and. Second of all, it's so delicious. Like you could very much eat a baguette by itself and just have a fucking blast. I mean, the food here is incredible. And I'm not a big foodie. Like I can't say that I'm like passionate about like finding the best restaurants in the world, but I can say that like, I very rarely have a food experience in Paris where I'm like miserable, like, oh, this tastes bad. New York, eh, I don't know if I can say the same. It's no, not that it has no, bad no. food, but Paris has some pretty consistent, you know, food. And also because we're so close to Italy, like we also can get some really good Italian food, right? My girlfriend's Italian, so. The Italian Everybody's gone. ever in Paris, go to Pink Mama. It's Italian approved, okay? some of the best stuff <laughs> pink mama it's we were by a pink yeah we were right next to it when we oh went yeah to... no because yeah. there's like multiple right yeah it's owned by this uh i think it's called the big mama group mm. uh, they have a few <laughs> i know right <laughs> and they have a few restaurants um pink mama being their most famous um i don't know the name of all the other i think i know there's one called big love um 
I think. I don't fucking know. Maybe I'm saying like bullshit right now in the names of all the other ones, but there's a few. If you can't get a spot for Pink Mama, because it can be pretty tough. It's always like booked and reservations are, are they're like hard to come by. Um, do just look up Big Mama Group and you'll find like all the other ones that are available. And from my girlfriend who is a big foodie, she has been to other ones and she always recommends any of them. So no, yeah. that's that's good to parents. hear. That's good to hear because we approve anything that has the word big in it. I mean, when I <laughs> I grew up, I grew up across uh not I lived in a house across the street from this warehouse called Big Mama's Warehouse, and that's what birthed like Japanese breakfast and mannequin pussy and a lot of other big name bands today. And then like also going to Tokyo and checking out big love records. I think anything with the word big in it, you know. It's just good shit. You know what to expect. <laughs> also coming out of there. Yeah. Bellion, right? The oh. restaurant that's like in Pagalm. Oh Buyong. Buy- oh, my, oh god. my god. Yes. Yes. Okay. No. Never mind. Everybody, don't go to Pink Mama. There's no point. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do go to Pink Mama if you can. But Buyong, Buyong. That's yeah. the fucking place to go. Now, that one you don't need reservations for, but you do need to plan like 30 minutes of queuing because everybody knows it is extremely cheap, extremely good French food. Okay. Extremely, I don't know about I don't know. It depends if you're like a huge food connoisseur, maybe like your standards are different, but it is consistently very good French food. Um Escargo. Yeah, you can get steaks, everything. It was so inexpensive. The French onion. So I I think I told you, like, it kind of reminded me of like a very, very inexpensive bathazar. That's literally it, right? (laughs) Why go to why go there when you can literally just go to Bouillon? Just take a flight to Paris. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Um, No, but it is like stupid cheap. Like, I think I remember one time we were a table of six and like the whole check was like 150 bucks. Right. That's like insane. You imagine right. those numbers in New York at a table of six. That's like, it's impossible, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still here. <laughs> it's it's honestly really, really, um, it's really good food. I can, I can, and go to the Pigal one. That one I can say is really good. I hear the one in Republique is good too. I've never been there, but the one I will say, don't go to Bouillon Chartier. That's not good. That's not good. If you ever come to Paris and somebody say, says go to Bouillon Chartier, no, they're they're sending you for a bad time. Um, <laughs> it's not, I don't know what happens there, but I remember like, like they messed up my chicken, man. Like it was like dry as fuck. I'm like, how do you, how do you fuck up chicken? What's the yeah, how do you fuck up chicken? Fuck up chicken. Speaking of chicken, I don't know how to cook. So what am I speaking of chicken? I'm in advertising and the best ads that I saw all over Perry was KFC. Uh, I know, right? Okay, (laughs) wait. But did you have KFC? Yes, I did. It's so good. It's insane. And I don't eat fast food. And like it's literally, I don't know what they do here. It's genuinely good. I'm the same way, literally, like. I don't know. My guilty pleasure is KFC here. Like so I plan for that. But actually recently KFC's been in a little tricky spot because they just opened up Popeyes in Paris. 
and it's the fucking spot to be. This Popeyes has a fucking 20 minute long line to this day since it's open because it's so good. It's genuinely like a great like fast food dining experience because I don't know. I feel like when I think of like New York Popeyes, well, actually, the the real reason why it's good is because in America, you can franchise these places. Right. So right. there's like consistent regulation um, in terms of like how things are being made and whatnot. But in France, I believe you can't do that. It has to actually be regulated Come from the source. By the, exactly like by the company itself. So you get consistently really good meals. And I made all of my friends and I have like a super international friend group here um, come along. And I was like, guys, you're going to love this. And they're like, oh, I don't know. What's this American stuff? Like, loved it. Loved it. It is incredible. Next time you come to Paris, you have to go to the Popeyes. Wow. That is a sentence I did not expect to hear. (laughs) I know. Right. I know. And I feel And that's amazing. It's so good, though. But, you know, it's funny because, like, I know so many people when they travel and obviously reasonably so, like, you don't travel to come have the Popeyes in Paris, but it's different, guys. It's genuinely different. It's, it's different. Good. I I would recommend amongst, I don't know, let me see if there's any, is there any French stuff I could well, Do you also think that, like, it's because it's in a beautiful romantic city? Like, there's, like, a Popeyes is, like, smack dab in between, like, two columns and like it's just like <laughs> there it's just the scenery it's like all these french women and like baguettes and french it definitely making, plays and then a there's part, like Popeyes, <laughs> and then you're like okay i need to take a break i feel like it definitely plays a, i think paris is one of those cities that it's so beautiful that like i don't know like it, it really does enchant you no matter what it is you could be doing the most simplest activities and just feel like a deep satisfaction i also think paris is so it's it's a walkable city right like i and i know new york loves to like pride itself in being like a walkable city and it is in terms of american standards obviously um but there's no green spaces right there's no like there's the flow of new york is constantly to keep you going and keep you at a fast pace and i don't think that's uh that's not very fun, right? There is something nice about Paris. Like if you get like, I don't know, when I was drinking, I'm currently on a drinking break just to just to see what it's like to socialize uh, without drinking. But when I was drinking, like there was no greater joy than like it being 6 a.m. I'm leaving the party and I'm just walking home and the sun is rising amongst these like twisting streets. It's it's I don't know. It's very lovely. I think it's very special. I think oh yeah go ahead go I ahead. think that um even though Paris is a walkable city and it's it's easy to get around the metro it's just like self explanatory like everything's cool oh. I it was easy for me to make a lot of friends but the funny part was like the the friends that I was meeting were just expats and tourists alike oh. but no french people i don't know I think- it's not it wasn't tough it was more the fact that like french people are like they don't they don't want to they don't want to vibe they don't, don't want to vibe. vibe but you know it's the thing french people are like honestly i'll give it to them they are some of the most loyal people in the world because the few that i do know um because it's not many um 
they are passionate about keeping their friendships. Like there are people in this country who will meet somebody like in kindergarten and that is their best friend till they're like 35 years old and beyond truly. Um, And I can really respect that, but that makes it harder for people like us to maybe just come on in and, you know, break up their already pre-established 20 year dynamic. Right. Um, And be like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. But every once in a while, there's there's people who are open. And I always say that French people, maybe they aren't immediately open to having you involved in their lives. But when they are, they are real as fuck friends. Like they are genuinely there for you. And their excitement is incredible. Actually, not that long ago, I met some new uh, French friends who are like a part of the music scene here. And um, they, there was one of them who was a DJ and he invited me to a show and I didn't know what to expect. It was on a Thursday. So, I mean, Thursday is the new Friday, right? Like everything exciting happens on a Thursday, but I wasn't expecting it to be completely crowded and, and I didn't expect to have like an amazing, amazing time. Maybe mm-hmm. now it was fucking great. It was incredible. The energy was really there and the way that all of his friends showed up for him and how the friends that I did meet like remembered me and they were so excited to see me and they're like wow you know it's nice to see you again let's all hang out let's party together with such a lovely feeling you know versus New York where like you'll meet somebody at a party and then the next week you'll be like hey it's you and they'll be like "Mm, what so everything I (laughs) everything I've here I'm hearing so far it just feels like not animosity but more of like because I'm the same way with Philly you know like I lived in Philly for so long I'm from outside of Philly, but I lived in Philly and I feel the same way when I come to another city and I talk, it's, I think it's like very common. Like people will talk smack on like where they're from. No, it's like a, it's just a common thing. Like everyone does it. Absolutely. Um, Because even though I've been traveling all over as of late, I, Coming home feels great at the same time. Like it, even though like there's so many, everyone has their hot take on New York City, just feels so good to like just come back home. I'm itching to go back out again, but maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to just like bop around and and Uh do my thing. But at the same time, I definitely need a home base. Yeah, New York is a great home base, honestly. I feel like... God, like, really, like, once you get your footing going in New York, like, anywhere in the world is possible to conquer. And, you know, to to bring it back, like, for example, what brings me to Paris is um, I I work in fashion. I'm a digital designer. Um, I recently went independent. And it's crazy because I think that the things... Which house? Well, I before I was working in house at Christian Louboutin, but um, it was for a very brief amount of time. And then now being independent, um, it's really given me the opportunity to uh, just kind of like, I don't know, like, well, first thing being New York has given me the attitude, the tools, the the reconnaissance, which I don't fuck. What is that in English? Like. It's just giving me everything I need to to understand 
how to navigate myself through the world. And when I brought that to Paris, that has allowed me to establish myself here. I don't think I could have done that if it wasn't for this city. And I feel like this, like New York in particular, anybody who lives there is able to learn some like true indispensable knowledge. I'm sure you could say that about any city in the world, right? But New York is different. We all know. There's a reason why everybody wants to like be in New York at some point in their life. Um, but then, yeah, um, you know, then when I think of like people used to tell me all the time, they're like, oh, you know, Paris is like, it's a mean city. It's a it's a difficult city to get around. Fashion is mean. But because I'm a New Yorker, that's pretty fine. It's I, I like it here. You know, I enjoy working in fashion. I I enjoy even like the quote unquote difficult personality types to me. It's really like, no, nah, I get it. It's literally, literally, c'est la mode, c'est juste ça. <laughs> it's just fashion. Um, but yeah, I, but I also really do, I will say, like, I respect that, uh, you know, fashion here, I guess, like, people are truly, truly, truly passionate, for lack of a, a better, you know, way to describe it um they're truly passionate about what they're participating in and I mean I feel like every time I meet somebody else in the industry like they really know what the fuck they're talking about and they really I also will say and we were talking about this when we were hanging out here um Paris has a uniform I think like everybody looks so damn good even if it is a pretty like you know you'll always see people in long pea coats and like right um, you know, just like a very nice chemise, like a nice blouse and stuff. And uh, they always have their Veja shoes, which is like these, like, I don't know, Veja? Like, I don't know if they, if it's a thing in the US, maybe they are. Um, sure, like it's a standard, but I think it's also the fact that like, you care enough to do that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you, you care enough to make that investment into yourself and how you present yourself into the world and how you feel. And I mean, that's something I really respect about fashion in general, like fashion enables you to to feel empowered, um, to be the best version of yourself through the way you express yourself in your garments. And I don't know, I think that that was a big reason for me to to be involved in this. See, uh, in the States, it's like way different. It's like New York. Everyone looks great. Everyone's put together. But everywhere else, Los Angeles, everyone looks terrible in Los Angeles. <laughs> Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia, oh my God, I have to like close my eyes half the time. Holy shit, damn. And, but with other states, like you just have to just accept it. Oh, I'm going to Florida. I'm on vacation. You know what I'm you're going Yeah, and I'm just going <laughs> to take a break and turn turn it off. Like that's totally fine. It's no big deal. I was just talking about this. It's like Texas right? Even though I've I've never been to Texas and I want to go to Texas so bad only because the fact that like I really just want to just hang out and turn off my brain and just look at like their culture of type like you know the cowboy boots everything like that their their scenes and just like walk around and do whatever Texans do right? want to pick up some cowboy boots you know and just i just want to drive a <laughs> truck and i just like yeah i'll talk it in my button down you know it's just like it's like the whole thing and then yeah it's it's weird because everywhere else in the country it's 
honestly, like it's yeah, y'all it's, need to y'all need to just go to some vintage shops at this point. Honestly, I I mean I think like more than anything, it's like I think being well dressed really has a lot to to do with like it it really does help you and being well dressed is like a, a very fluid statement right like that doesn't mean being dripped down from head to toe like dripped down you know literally you're not wearing andamilamister from head to toe but being well dressed is really more so of a just being authentic to to yourself and i just feel like sometimes when i see certain outfits in you know a casual american street right like you know, are are these skinny jeans authentic to you? If they are, that's a fucking serve. But if they're not, like, you know, maybe if you have the ability to ask yourself that question of like, what can I do to help me offer myself the best me? It's a pretty, it's a pretty good uh question to ask yourself. And and it helps put you on a on a different, I don't know. I think above all, like an authentic track, an honest track is a happy track to me and i i do think like it's these small details of wearing a 10 a 10 euro vintage blouse that looks like it's gucci even though it's not but it just makes you feel a little bit elevated um it's these little details that that make you feel good why not you know you should feel good you should helps feel you, good helps the morale right you're taking a break from drinking but you're on the espresso train well, so here's here's the thing. I had an espresso with you. I would like to not do caffeine at all. I do very. We're talking about caffeine, right? Just to make sure, right? Totally. The okay. only drug. The only drug, right? That everyone. That everybody just relate. consumes casually. It, no, it's true. I don't consume that much caffeine in general. I say that while I hold a Coca Cola here, so that's kind of funny, but. I, I don't have morning coffees and stuff. Um, every so often, I'll have one if I'm really tired. For example, right now I'm having a Coca-Cola because the food just like from earlier made me really sleepy. But it's true that like, yeah, like why are we hooked up on, on espressos? But also again, I do have an Italian girlfriend. So I feel like, can I say much before she like, <laughs> her voice is just like creepy in the back of my head it's like no it's the culture I don't know what's your take on caffeine what, what what's your take I don't drink coffee as much as I used to I was in the coffee industry for all of my 20s and I I drank a cup of coffee a day and I loved it but now in my my 30s all I do is matchas is like basically like my best friend I just like need it on deck. It's kind of wow. Everywhere I go, every when I travel, I have like matcha in my bag. It's oh my God. yeah, I'm like that. It's like that's like I'm I'm not comparing it to like cigarettes or like like it's just like my thing that's like on me now. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of wild. But when I was in Paris, you know, I had a I don't smoke anymore, but I did have a cheeky cig. You know, I had a cheeky cig <laughs> with my espresso. I drank, I drank Americanos because like, we're the one that we're the ones that made that shit. And so I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing things for the culture, but at the same time, when I come back home, it's like, it's like whatever, but yeah, it's, it's funny. My friend, he made me an espresso the other day 
and I drank it and I was just like hot wired for the night. Like I was ready to fucking go, you know? No, it's true. I I don't drink it that often. Like I will, I do remember like I, I had two copies once back to back because I was just really tired and I felt like I was like on fucking drugs. Like, holy shit my god that's like a lot of fucking energy that comes from that and i don't know i don't know if it's like good for me like it was making me feel anxious and i was just like oh my god i'm jittery but like i'm glad that it helps people get through their day-to-day like if their little coffee brings them joy i mean the cigarette and coffees here like it is a staple and that was my life for like a hot minute while i was here um but i recently quit smoking because i got bored honestly i got bored from smoking so you know i guess uh if i don't have the cigarettes i'm and i was never a big coffee person now you're giving me an existential crisis what am i doing in paris if i'm not doing the most parisian thing in the world look cigarettes (laughs) and coffee and cigarettes they just give me a huge like rush now like i am on a hundred when when i have them together or even separately now because i i it's just like your body you're just it's like not used to these things anymore and then when you go back in it just like goes to 100 it's just like coffee in america there's always like new coffee brands every year or like new coffee blends every year i feel like every time they make a new coffee this is not true but like every time they make a new coffee i feel like they make it like it's like more enhanced or something like that like so like weed right <laughs> it, honestly Dude. yeah like why are there so many fucking options of everything in america in general like that's not a thing here it's like weed now i can't smoke weed anymore because oh, no. i'll just like go crazy because it's just no. so strong no right? i don't know. like literally have you seen those memes that people are like i'm smoking on that mid-pack now like that <laughs> is not it anymore and it's true like no it has gotten out of control no and more. I, it's like, I I can't even do it. I remember smoking weed and going to like a museum and I was just like, dude, I can't handle this. No, it feels like, no, it literally, wait, but have you, since you were just out of the US, now that you're back, have you noticed that New York smells like weed 24-7? I mean, when I was in Paris, Paris smells like cigarettes 24-7. That's true. No, that's real. And it's everywhere. It's every it's, corner. It's everywhere. I even though I had a cheeky cig, I didn't even have to have a cheeky cig because like literally everyone smokes everywhere. Everyone. And then you'll see like the I I have seen the craziest like types of people smoking in Paris. I've seen thirteen year olds. I've seen a pregnant woman, a heavily pregnant woman, smoking a cigarette. Um, you know, I've seen the ninety five year olds smoking. It, it's literally everybody here. And I remember when I first moved here. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick up smoking. What? Like, no way. And literally that lasted six months and I was immediately on. <laughs> I was very much smoking my lucky strikes by the end of that. Um, but it, it is a cultural thing and it is weird. Like now that I've quit, like I, I just yesterday, like I was at this really cool gallery opening and like, what do you do with your hands? I mean, especially also like, the one-two punch of like, I'm not, you know, not currently drinking. I did have like a cup of water in my hand because sometimes you just need the placebo of the cup, right? It's always Uh, that, but that's like, that's always, that's the thing now at like parties or even at bars, like you always have to have a cup in your hand. I mean, it's been like that for ages, but I, 
I here's my secret. So I I've noticed that for like obviously since the world has just been back on its feet like full force that everywhere you go it's like an event. And yeah, like you said, what do you do with your hands? Yo, I'm always pulling up with a T. Really? Yeah, I'm literally always pulling up with a T. It's like kind of wild. It's like, I don't know why, but for some weird reason, this is so psychological to me, but like the tea that, because I used to drink, like the tea that reminds me of like, it. this is so corny, but like the tea that reminds me of like alcohol or just like back on my feet and just like doing shit or whatever is for some odd reason, Earl Grey. Because like that taste is like so like dirty feeling and I'm just like... <laughs> I'll do it because it's like it's so like rich and black that I don't know the caffeine is the caffeine sticks too. I'm so you honestly, I I I I'm definitely like on the lookout because you know what I was trying the mocktails for a bit. Fuck that! I was like, man, like what am I spending nine euros on? It is yeah. good. Though. It is good. I'm not gonna lie. I like. I'm not I'm- gonna lie. It's it, the thing is like it's good, but it that I think it's I think it's it's. Because I worked in service for so long too, making that shit is so easy that it it only requires like the most simplest ingredients to make a mocktail that it doesn't justify the price one and two also like good or bad. I think you're like supposed to say that it's good or else like you just kind of (laughs) kind of wasted 10 bucks. Yeah, you're very right. I might just take this Earl Grey tip, honestly. I'm I, on- well, everyone thinks that everyone thinks that I'm like like also drinking like absinthe or something. If I'm drink like pulling up to like the function in a coffee cup, they're like, oh, is Rashad drinking, he's on that gas or something. I'm like, no. <laughs> like But that's I'm not. smart. It's literally so smart because the reality of the situation is that like, you know, once everybody's like a second beer in they're not thinking about what you're drinking so it like the more like convoluted it looks the more convinced that like everybody else is is like okay everything is normal right now which it is everything is normal like I don't know I think for me taking a break from drinking aside from having one really bad hangover that was like enough to tell me like okay let's let's take a break but also the fact that I was asking myself, like, well, why, you know, why is it that every time I see my friends, at least for myself at this point, like, why, why do I like have to drink a beer if I don't even fucking like a beer, you know? And it's not like I like cocktails. I don't really, it's not like, I just don't care for it that much. Right. So honestly, I I also pull up with a Topo Chico and I like look just as cool. (laughs) What's a Topo Chico? I like the name though. Oh that? really? Oh, it's it's just sparkling water. It's just I'm genius. But it's, it's <laughs> wow, that's so funny. It's that you don't know what a Topo Chico is. It's getting like a lot of bad PR also late, but it's uh it's basically um it's kind of almost shaped in like like a Coca-Cola bottle, sort of, but not, but at the same time. It used to be great. The formula used to be great, and then Coca Cola bought it, and now it's like obviously it's different. It's not. It's not that it's not good. Apparently, like some things have changed, but at the same time, you you pull up it with a Topo Chico, like you're just as cool as just like anyone else, honestly. And like actually, it. people kind of want to see if you have more. 
in your bag. Really? Yeah, they're oh like, God, yo, let me get I some of that. This. I wonder if they have this in France. I will be looking that up after this because it sounds fun. I like the name. It's like a it's a cute name. I like cute things in general. I like uh, I don't know, going back to the silly, right? Let's uh let's just call all drinks silly names. What are you drinking? You're drinking a Toco Chico. Well, at a we take Manhattan, Jean-Luc was like, let me get you a beer. Let me get you a beer. Like, do you, what are you drinking? And I said, is it possible if you, if there's like, um, I don't know, like a Gia? And, and he was like, he's <laughs> like, really? And I was like, yeah, I've actually never asked for a gear before, but do you think like this, the bar would have it? He's like, uh, let me ask. And so he asks the bar, he's like, for a gear, and he's like, he does the he does the um clout guy accent. Oh he's, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, um, you know, do you guys have a gear? You know, like, Bella Hadid's drink? And I was just like, no way! You saw it happen in real time. Yeah, yeah it was... It was hilarious. I mean, also the joke's on me, too, because I'm also asking for a Gia at the bar, which is, like, not real. People don't ask for Gia's. They ask for non-alcoholic beer, which is... Why not just go for it? You, well, you went for it. You did it, you know? And now... You've I thought it was just, like, the most inappropriate time and place because we're at, like, the seamiest thing. It, you know, we take Manhattan is really, I feel like Old Flings is a spot. Oh, yeah. I feel like the most interesting things are happening at Old Flings in general. Like, from what I start, know. You need to start, we take Paris. We take But, you know, thank you you bring that up because, like, like I am dying to see. Is the Paris scene. Like, the Paris scene is good. It's interesting, but it's hyper French. And something mm -hmm. that I was always talking about in New York, like, in like anticipation to getting back to Paris is like we need like a hot spot for the New Yorkers to land in because there's no like cohesive spot where everybody can say like all right we're all here for fashion week or we're all mm -hmm. here for this like random event we know we need to go here there's like a few floating names like the one that sticks out is this bar called Larea which is it's like the area and it's in the 11th, I think. And there's a lot of really cool, interesting international people who go there. But but we need a We Take Paris. We need a, a something that like people are excited to come here for that isn't the actual Fashion Week event itself. And like, sure, of course, you're going to be excited for like the Chloe after party or the Balmain after party. Like, of course you are. But where's the my people after party? Like, I want to talk to real you know, every everyday other creators, like I, I I also feel like you can't really talk at these fashion show parties after like not really. No. Everybody isn't there to like actually have a conversation. No, and sure, not. nobody's there to have a conversation for most places, but sometimes some places are conducive enough for it to like organically happen. And I think we take Manhattan is one of those places where it could occur. Um I couldn't so agree with you more. I'm like, I would love to, I don't know, find out like some sort of way to host events. I guess I'm going to have to talk to somebody in New York when Fashion Week rolls around. I'm like, hey, we should. You know what? I do know that Club Glam did a party in Paris. And Club Glam, I think, is like the new iteration of China Chalet. And I right. sent a few friends to go to that and they had a good time. So maybe Club, maybe I should reach out to Club Glam. I don't yeah. know. Um, well, Dese is a friend of mine. Um, 
we love Club Glam, but I haven't been to a Club Glam, but you did ask me if I've been to China Chalet, and I have. Um, so, I mean, you know, different time periods. Voila. Voila. C'est ça. <laughs> hats off to you and everything that you do for some just are wear many hats solutions so when i was out there getting the word out for the podcast i also saw that there are a bunch of walls for we paste poster campaigns and would love to do a wear many hats poster paris edition you're a designer let's cook something let's do it let's i love that let's do it let's you know what Let's follow up on it because I really think that that's super sick. I love a good wheat, pa wheat paste poster. And there's some really good ones out here. I mean, in New York too, there's some really great ones, but let's bring it to Paris. Let's I bring... think we should bring it to Paris. Like that was basically half the trip of scouting walls. And I was like, yeah, this is perfect. This is, this is absolutely perfect for the show. Now it gives me a reason to come back again. And we should definitely cook something up and I love it. Let's talk all about it after. Well, what, what's your official Paris rating out of 10? Out of 10, honestly, with everything that I I literally did everything that I could do. See, like all my American friends, they said, like, you came to Paris with no expectation. And so that's why you had such a great time. And when I was there and I went to new friends of the show, their cafe, shout out to cafe, cafe nuance, nuances. Mm -hmm. And like, they have two locations and it's, it's beautiful. They asked me if I've been to Paris before. And I was like, yes, when I was a kid, there's photos of me as a kid, you know, I hang out with the Eiffel Tower, but he, he was like, but it's not compared to now. Now it's like so much better, right? And I was like, well, obviously as a kid, I didn't experience much, but even if I was a teenager, even if I was like in my early 20s, I don't think it would have been the same vibe than how I see it today. Um, And yeah, I had a great, great, great time. So 10 out of 10, to be honest with you. That's nice. I love it. I always love to hear somebody who had a really great time in Paris makes me makes me happy because it can be rare but you know what now you are the second person from New York City um like very recently that like has told me that they really enjoyed their trip to Paris so that's exciting look at that well and now soon you'll have wheat paste posters around the city promoting it's time to go back so it is voila cool if, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote what would it be so I was thinking about this and I was like, do I go silly or do I go morbid? Um, I'm going to go a little bit morbid, but like in a good way. And I'll explain myself. I would get the classic do not resuscitate, but in a good way, because I like this life. It's a good life. I want to do it right. I want to enjoy all my time here. I want to give it all I got when I'm out. I'm fucking out because I gave it my best. So it might not be silly, but I don't know. I feel like it really speaks to me to to put that one out there. And I stand by that. Going to live it up. We love it's it. To do it again. <laughs> we love that. We oh. love that. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Um, so you guys can find me at, at Jamie is lame 
Um, that's where I post. Currently, I'm doing a little thing where I'm doing cultural collection, where I find a whole bunch of things that um, have just interested me throughout the years or random, like just art pieces or individuals where I'll do like a three post, um, like just just three posts discussing this subject um, and just kind of showing the world what's like living in my brain. So if you're interested in just seeing like a fun little archive of things, you can find me on there. And sometimes I post my work too, uh, which is usually stuff I do with fashion clients or music clients. Uh, yeah, and everything I do is just digital design stuff. So if you ever have something you want on the screen, I'm the girl to call. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so nice to see you again. And I'm excited to see you again in the future. And we'll talk all about those Wheat Paste posters real soon. So I hope you have a wonderful day. You as well. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.